Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles, and welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. We have been looking at Luke chapter 7 and have seen Jesus' manifestation of compassion in his healing a centurion servant, in his healing a widow's son. Uh, We have seen his honoring of John the Baptist by the answer that he gave to a query concerning whether or not Jesus actually was the one they should expect. He has given commendation of John the Baptist uh, in the finishing of his ministry and his greatness in how he was close to and spoke of Christ himself. And he has spoken about uh, wisdom itself being something that accepts the message that John the Baptist preached uh, because that message is one that pointed sinners to Christ. Now he's giving an illustration of how this wisdom is actually vindicated of her children in the life of a Pharisee, Simon, who invited Jesus to eat with him and as contrasted to the life and exuberant love of a woman from the city, a woman who was a sinner, but who had been forgiven. Jesus has told a story about indebtedness. Simon has answered in the right way. Jesus has pointed to the distinction between the way the woman has uh, treated Jesus and the way Simon treated him. And now he begins to draw some conclusions from that. We see in this actually a fatal comparison on the one hand and a proclamation of infinite blessing on the other. For this reason, that is, when Jesus uses that phrase, he's judging from all that she has done. And in light of the right answer you gave to my question, Jesus says, I'm going to draw some conclusions. First, in light of the display of love and unintimidated gratitude and worship, I would conclude, like you have done in the context of my story, that this woman's sins are forgiven. What else explains this exuberance of self-denying, self-effacing love? You yourself have said, Simon, the one who is forgiven more loves more. Her sins, which were many, must in fact be forgiven, and she is conscious of the reality. This forgiveness has brought out this overflowing spring of grateful love. But by comparison, you, however, Simon, did little, so Jesus implied. You showed even less regard for me than a normal traveler would receive from your hands. You, therefore, love little, and have thus been forgiven of little. Jesus, of course, means that he is not forgiven at all, for to be forgiven only of a little means that one is still under debt and has not been forgiven. His debt was not just a little, but really was of eternal significance. If Simon found Jesus to be ordinary and unworthy, even of moderately kind attention, he certainly did not love him with the sense of his being a rescuer from eternal loss. 
Well, now Jesus turns his attention directly to the woman. And as he stated about her in the third person, in verse 47, the reason that I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much. Now he speaks to her directly in the second person. Your sins have been forgiven. Other guests at the table, having heard all this, still find exception to his claims. They ask, who is this who even forgives sins? Clearly, they did not know him as the worshiping woman knew him. They were unsure as to his authority to forgive sins, and thus had never experienced its reality. Paul, in his great defense of justification by faith, quotes the words from Habakkuk 2.4 in Romans 1, The just shall live by faith, or those who are just by faith shall live. Love does not save, but is the atmosphere in which saving faith is exhibited. In this love can never be perfect. And since love is the fulfilling of the law, Galatians 5.14, love in itself does not justify us. It is love, however, that justifies the conclusion that one who loves has justifying faith. Faith, working through love, unites a sinner to Christ, Galatians 5.6. Jesus saw that love was operative and could thus say, not only from his omniscience, but from infallible observation, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Love for God's righteousness and for Christ as the perfect picture of righteousness, combined with the knowledge that in him we can shed the debts of our unrighteousness and put on his perfect righteousness drives us to faith in him. By faith we gain everything that Christ has done and become heir to all that he has promised. Without love, however, that kind of faith would never be operative. May God grant us to love his law, to love his righteousness, to love his perfection as manifest in Christ, and thus drive us to put all of our trust in Christ, to look for the righteousness which comes only from God by faith in Christ. I look forward to our visit again at the next edition of The Doctrinal Component.